DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's the author of numerous books on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola, as well as the teachings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, including The Biblical Way of Praying the Mass, The Eucharistic Wisdom of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, the book on which this series is based. A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Gallagher, we find ourselves being sent now. We've received communion, and now is the moment where we are called to go back out into the world in which, primarily for lay people, this is the place where God has placed us. Mm. So how do we live that? Physically, we rise from our pew, gather our things, genuflect, walk down the aisle. If we've driven to Mass to the parking lot, get in our cars and we drive home. What's happening spiritually as we're doing that? That's the question Venerable Bruno is addressing now. Mm-hmm. How does what we have experienced in the Mass change what will happen in the day and days to follow? In what way do we exit the church, exit the Mass, and return to our life in the world? Here is one single sentence from the general instruction of the Roman Missal, in which the church explains the spiritual meaning of our exiting the church and returning to our lives. Those assembled are sent forth. Sent forth, that's the key. Those assembled are sent forth to bring the fruits of the Eucharist to the world. So we don't just leave because of physical necessity, but we're actually sent out with a mission. And what is the mission? Those assembled are sent forth to bring the fruits of the Eucharist. We've been nourished at the table of the word and the table of the bread. Are sent forth to bring the fruits of the Eucharist to the world. And concretely, that's our homes, our our places where we work and the people with whom we interact. Now, a number of times in these reflections, we've referred to uh, Therese and to her parents, St. Zélie and Louis. And I'd like to explore how Saints Zélie and Louis returned from that daily Mass. We mentioned that they would go to the 5.30 Mass every morning. How did they bring that to their day? So let's look at some uh, vignettes of this. We know, actually, looking overall at their lives, we have a sense of the impact of their daily Mass on their lives. We know the deep love that they had for each other, the deep love that they had for their children, Who of us would not want a family in which the family relationships were like their relationships in that family? And if going to Mass could help that, isn't it worth it? Again, presuming, you know, that our duties allow that. We know how they raised their children, the faith-filled care with which they raised them, and obviously look at the fruit of it and how all of them turned out, including the greatest saint of modern times, as Pope St. Pius X called Therese. We may be a little less familiar with how they carried on the work, the business that sustained the family financially, how as uh, Zélie's lace-making business grew, her husband, Louis, very generously sold his own business. He was a, a very skilled watchmaker and jeweler, sold that so that he could assist his wife in her business. He was the one who would travel for orders and handle that part of the business for her. But just the, the, the remarkable giving of self, you know, that you witnessed there. Let's look at some anecdotes of all of this. So this is their daughter, Celine, writing of her parents. At Alençon, where they lived their first years of their family life, 
I was present on several occasions when my mother shared with him, her father, the honor and merit of good works. I remember a poor tramp whom they found worn out by the roadside, and Azalee actually describes this at length in her letters. They brought him to our house, gave him plenty of nourishing food, and then got better clothes and boots for him. While he was trying these on, his face beamed with such a happy look that after all these years, I was then only about seven years old, the scene is still vivid to me. Finally, he was invited to come back to us whenever he was in need again. In the meanwhile, on inquiry, father found out that this poor man all alone in the world. So not only do they supply for his needs at the moment, but Louis looks into his situation and finds out actually how he's living. Uh, All alone in the world used to lodge in a barn, think of the French winters, and beg his bread at the entrance of the military barracks, which was across the street in front of the um, Martin family. After several attempts and formalities, my father succeeded in having him accepted by the little sisters of the poor. It took a bit of doing, but he was finally able to make that happen. Zaylee describes just the uh, incredible gratitude of this man. Nothing like this has ever happened to him before. Celine also describes the care that Zaylee took for uh, those that the family employed. They needed servants and so on because Zaylee had this flourishing business and she had these uh, children to raise. People loved to be hired by the Martins and to work for them because they were treated so well. Celine says that she, quote, treated them with consideration and visited their homes and saw to it that they needed nothing. So this is an employer, uh, even visiting their homes, helping them in their needs. Those who were hired by the, uh, by the Martins, they never wanted to leave. Celine now writing about her father, Louis. If on his way through the streets, he met an intoxicated man, he gave the man his arm and helped him home accompanying his charitable act with a good remonstrance. Once he came across a drunken workman who had fallen into the stream. So here's this intoxicated man who's uh, just fallen into a ditch or a stream where there's water and it's just lying there. When he helped the man up, he himself carried the toolbox and led the man home. And just think about the virtue, you know, the what's living like this. Another time, having seen in the railway station a poor epileptic who had not enough money for his fare, Father took off his hat, just imagine this, uh, placed an offering in it, and went around to all the other passengers begging for him. Then, after collecting the price for the journey, he settled the man in the railway carriage himself. I just can't help but think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, here. And then here's another, uh, just a nice little thing. Celine describes this about her father. A little incident comes to my mind. My father's teeth were perfect and I saw him go to a dentist only once for an extraction. In spite of all the dentist's efforts, he could not even move the tooth. Father, realizing that the dentist was disturbed about his professional reputation, if this should become known, then kindly said, I shall not mention it to a soul, and he kept his word. With regard to her mother, Celie, One day while traveling, she reproved another lady in the railway carriage who showed displeasure at the arrival of a poor woman with her two babies. This is also described, uh, Zélie describes this at length in her letters. When they reached Alençon, mother helped the woman with her children and parcels to get her to her home. Father, who had been waiting at the station, also helped. It was midnight before they reached their own home. And this is uh, one more illustration. This is Marie writing about her parents. So this is the oldest daughter. And this is part of her testimony in uh, Therese's cause of canonization. 
Our parents had the reputation of being extraordinarily devout. Mother observed Lent without availing herself of any lawful mitigation, so this was a full 40 days of fasting at the time. And both of them attended the 5.30 Mass every morning because, they said, it was the poor people's Mass. They received communion frequently, more than once a week, which was rather exceptional at the time. At Lisieux, my father received communion four or five times a week. Mother was very energetic and lively. She certainly was, but without any harshness, and she had a very sensitive and generous heart. Above all, she had the spirit of self-denial, which made her forgetful of herself, and she worked with great fortitude so as to have the means of giving us a good Christian upbringing. In sorrow, too, for example, at the death of my brothers and sisters, this is the four of them who died, three of them in their first year, and then Helene, who died at age five. So in sorrow at the death of my brothers and sisters, she showed wonderful strength of soul. One could see from her letters that she was brokenhearted, but her faith helped her to rise above it all. So let's make the link. The Mass and Raising Children. The Mass and Daily Work at Home or in Business. The Mass and Reaching Out to a Man in Need. The Mass and Coming to the Assistance of a Struggling Mother with Young Children. The Mass and Care for a Dentist's Reputation. The Mass and Care for a Man Who Was Ill. The Mass and the Courage to Bear Sorrow in the Family. And this is what the Church says. As the Mass ends, we are sent forth to bring the fruits of the Mass into our life in the world. Uh, You see such a beautiful uh, instance of it in the lives of these two saints, uh, Zélie and Louis. We'll return to A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Help support this vital ministry. Discerning Hearts is a 100% listener-supported apostolate. Now through Labor Day, please prayerfully consider making a sacrificial gift to help us raise $40,000 to fund operating expenses for this truly life-changing Catholic programming and prayer. We recently received a generous grant to hire new employees to grow the apostolate, but we still have to fundraise those operating expenses, which have significantly grown over time. The financial contributions of listeners like you enables us to continue this important ministry. As an independent, not-for-profit lay organization that is not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is 100% listener-supported. So again, between now and Labor Day, please visit discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. We now return to A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. So Venerable Bruno when we reach this point in the Mass, writes, At the words, go forth, the Mass is ended. Now he actually gives it in the Latin of the time. At the words, ite misa est. Uh, at the words, go forth, the Mass is ended. I will seek the sentiments and the heart of an apostle. Think of the apostles being sent out by Jesus to bring his teaching, his life to those they will encounter. The word Mass itself actually has exactly this meaning. Uh, it's taken from those words, ite Go forth, misa est. It is, um, it is literally go forth, it is sent, but with the meaning of go forth, you are sent out now. 
Misa is a, a Latin word from the Latin verb, which means to send. And actually, the word apostle also means one who is sent. So both the, the language of the Mass at this point and then uh, Venerable Bruno's a very appropriately chosen image of the apostle, like the biblical apostles being sent out, very much have this meaning of being sent forth, enriched by the Mass that we have just celebrated. So, rising from the pew, genuflecting, walking down the aisle, heading to your car in the parking lot, driving home, these are not just physical actions. There's a rich spiritual meaning. Just as preparing at home, leaving, driving to church, parking, and entering were not just necessary physical actions, they are that, but have a rich spiritual meaning. Do it the way Simeon went to the temple to meet the Christ. In the same way, these actions on the departing end of the Mass have a very rich spiritual meaning. Do it knowing that you are an apostle. As Jesus sent out, go forth, preach the gospel to all nations, making disciples and so forth. That same commission is given to you every time you leave Mass. And we can apply in a very special way to this moment when we leave the church and return to our world. We can apply in a special way to that moment these words of Jesus to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. We are sent as apostles. Elsewhere in his writing, Venerable Bruno explains what he understands by an apostle, and he quotes Acts 15.26 as the portrait of the apostle. This is when Paul and Barnabas are described as, quote, men who have dedicated their lives to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be an apostle. So we are apostles. We live our departure from the Mass and our return to our daily life, maybe as we begin to get a meal ready or we prepare for work or whatever it might be. We are apostles when in our respective vocations as husbands, wives, parents, children, grandparents, brothers and sisters, people who work in this or that profession in the world or in the church in various ways, when we have dedicated our lives to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means when we hear the priest say the words, go forth, the mass is ended. In a way, I think we can say this, the end of Mass is a personalized instance of hearing from Jesus the words of the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of your children by the loving way you raise them in the faith. Make disciples of fellow workers by the patience and the goodness that you show them, something that begins to make them wonder, uh, there's something there that I'd like to have in my own life. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And we also hear the concluding part of that great commission, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, my suggestion for prayer with this is to take the three different, there are three formulas that the, uh, the church offers. The priest can choose any one of these three. Uh, go forth, the mass is ended. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. And let's just go through those slowly and prayerfully and reflectively so that please God, as we hear these at mass, they will awaken in us that sense that as the father has sent me, so I send you. And we will leave mass and the church with the awareness that the end of mass more than an end is really a beginning. It's the, you know, it's kind of like a commencement. We use that word as college ends. We use the word commencement, which means begin because it's now, now take it to life and live it. We can live the conclusion of the mass with that sense. And you know, I'm very grateful to Venerable Bruno personally for this because it's so easy for me, probably I'm not alone in this, you know, that we're just aware that the Mass is ending and we hear these final words go forth, the Mass is ended, 
and we understand by them the Mass has concluded, but without grasping the richness of what's being sent there. Go forth. This is a spiritual sending. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. And I'm grateful to Venerable Bruno because it helps me pause just a little bit to realize, in my case, as I'm putting things back in the sacristy and so on at the end of Mass, that I'm being sent. And please, God, this can help us live this final part of the Mass with the same richness as the preceding parts. Father Gallagher, it just struck me when you were speaking of the example of Louis and Zelie Martin that in a very real way, they went out and they just loved. And that being sent is to love the great example of what it is to love your neighbor. You know, I I couldn't help but think of the example that was brought forward by the writer Victor Hugo in Les Les Miserables, where the Jean Valjean ends up taking some things from the bishop. And he's apprehended by the police, brings him back. And the bishop looks at him and said, oh, you forgot to take these as well. I mean, there was the generosity act so that he would not be thrown back into jail and he protected Jean Valjean. It's those kind of actions. When you look at the fruitfulness, as you said, of the Martin family, they heard in word, but they also saw in action what love looks like and even the fruits of the little way. You know, you can see where the seeds, the little way of Therese, were sown by her parents. That connection between the fact that they were so committed to that early morning mass every day, kind of regardless of circumstances, and the way they lived, it's not casual. It's not fortuitous. There's a very real, clear, and direct link between the one and the other. We quoted earlier how, I think it was Celine who uh, comments that this was when they were in Lisieux now, so after the death of Celie. They would leave the church walking home from Mass, how their father would stay silent because he said, I want to continue to converse with the Lord, you know, until they reached home. You could see him, his going forth from the Mass was not, that was wonderful, and I'm glad it was part of our day, but now the day takes over. But it's very much, uh, even in that way, you know, bringing the Mass into our daily life. And your comment on the fact that it's really through love that we are going to make disciples for the Lord of all nations of others. Yeah, exactly. What that brings to mind is that comment of people as they watch the early Christians, see how they love one another. And actually, what does it mean to go and announce the gospel of the Lord? How do we do that? What does it mean to go in peace and glorify the Lord by your life? You know, what does that mean? It really most profoundly means that. And love, uh, there are no barriers against love. You know, all the walls come down. Mm. You've been listening to A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. To obtain the book on which this series is based, A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass, The Eucharistic Wisdom of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, visit EWTN.com, the website for the publisher, EWTN Publishing. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this program has been helpful for you that you will first pray for our mission 
And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission of bringing free spiritual formation material to the world. But most of all, we hope you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass with Father Timothy Gallagher. 